Named after the mechanism that separates the sweet wort from the spent grains, False Bottom Girls features two beer experts filtering through the brewing industry to guide listeners through the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing, world of beer. Hi, my name is Rachel Hudson. I'm the co-owner and head brewer of Pilot Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina, and an advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair. I'm the beer program coordinator with New Realm Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am also an advanced Cicerone. Welcome, everyone, to False Bottom Girls. Uh, We have a very special guest with us here today. We have Danny Oliver, and she's going to tell us about Beers Giving. Uh, Danny does a a lot of things. I think you're a multi-hyphenate when it it comes to everything you do in the brewing industry. Um, And you all have listened to our previous episode with Sharon from Dottie Rose, talking about STEM for, for younger women and how that works with the brewing industry and now we have Danny who also is working on STEM specifically for women within the beer industry. So we thought that this would be a natural uh, continuation of this conversation and um, how, you know, how we can make STEM, how we can make the brewing industry uh, maybe not quite as intimidating to women. Uh, So with that, Danny, I will let you introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be able to come to you today and talk to you about this really important subject of STEM. Um, uh, as you know, I'm Danny Oliver, owner and founder of Island to Island Brewery uh, that is now going to be on the Kiddo Family Ranch in Texas. Uh, so it'll be a true farm brewery with a farm. And uh, I'm working on this beers giving campaign in the interim, which is also becoming bigger than I thought it would um, <laughs> to actively diversify the craft beer industry uh, by focusing on uh, what what was wrong and what was lacking and filling that void. And part of that is focusing on the STEM industry and how beer is so much more than um, brewing and pouring beer. Right. Excellent. And that uh, is funny you mentioned the farm brewery because Rachel and I, yeah. uh, after we recorded our last episode, uh, like spent a few minutes afterwards just talking and ended up talking about how one day we'll just open a farm brewery together. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's our dream. It's <laughs> our like, you know, I'm really over, I'm really over this. I just, <laughs> I just want to have a farm and I want to have a tasting room that's open two days a week. And I just want to enter beer to competition to brew a little bit and like have horses close to the beach. I'm like, <laughs> let's get out of this like lease thing where you got to go to the make work, the grind work every day. But yeah, you know, bucket list. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is literally the description for Kiddo Family Ranch. I left the rat race and I'm raising my kids while making beer. <laughs> That's excellent. So That's just, awesome. to, just to clarify, island to island, you are moving it or yes. dissolving <laughs> it, changing the name? No, we're not going to change the name. Okay, we gotcha. moved it from New York to Texas. Uh, oh, oh wow. I, I did. Okay. I didn't uh, realize I was, that's a huge move. That's yeah. Amazing. I intended to run both locations, um, but COVID. Sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and so I'm actually glad that we closed down New York when we did, because if not, we would not have gotten through COVID in the black. And we did close the New York location in the black. So I am... Um, very, very grateful that we made that business decision and not an emotional decision. Sure. Right. That's amazing. And that was a fairly, fairly recent move, wasn't it? To yes. Texas? Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, uh, see, that's the dream. Yeah. 
Uh, so Danny, why don't you tell us a little bit about your brewing experience, what personally got you into brewing, and then um, from there, how you ended up owning your own brewery? Uh, so I got into brewing technically by accident. Um, I was sick, unhealthy for a very long time, and uh, nothing was working. So I decided to educate myself on what my body really needed to function. And I started to learn about the American food system and how it was basically poisoning us. And so I made changes. I moved into Whole Foods only, farmer's markets, knew all my farmer's names. Um, and my body changed. Um, my family started to change because they were eating what I was eating. And naturally, I was juicing as well, just because I had had a baby and it was easier to prep juices and smoothies than to actually cook, right. especially by myself. And my body made rapid changes and got to the point where no one was allowed to come into my house until they drank a tonic that I made for them. And after a while, my parents' memories started to come back to them as a child. And they're like, what are you doing? You're making these things that Nana used to make. Like I was brewing kombucha and making cider and there were like bombs in the kitchens. And they're like, what is going on here? <laughs> and they started to remember like what yeast did to juice. And they started to remember like scobies and these tonics that their grandmothers would give them. And they were like, how did you learn how to do this? We didn't, we didn't teach you this. These are the old ways of doing things. And they started to explain to me the brewing heritage that I come from about the contraband that my grandma used to brew and sell as she <laughs> traveled all around the Gulf of Mexico and Caribbean Sea. And the fact that my, my forefathers, my foremothers really, were, were entrepreneurs in this business and, you know, running things to feed their family. Right. That's amazing. Farm. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And that um, it goes back kind of to what uh, Sharon, uh, Dr. Sharon, who we spoke to yesterday, we were talking about how do you keep young women interested in STEM? Because usually around, you know, like late junior high, early high school, that's when they, they kind of start to shy away from things like that. And one of the things she said is go whatever you love whatever you find yourself going back to, you know, there is, there is science involved, there's technology, there's engineering involved. And so that's a really, a, a really cool story. I, I've done something similar where I remember, you know, my grandparents, particularly my grandmothers making food from scratch. And of course, you know, in a modern world, a lot of people have moved away from that. And that's part of why I got interested in homebrewing as well is I, I really, I discovered that I really, really loved making and creating particularly food and that, you know, being able to do that with beer was to me kind of a, a natural step as well. Uh, so we definitely have that in common. And um, yeah, it was the same thing that I, I grew up with parents who didn't really like to cook and um, you know, a, a very career focused. So wanting to do things like bake and cook was kind of like, you know, we're really working hard to get out into the, into the world and not be stuck in the home. But that was what I found myself returning to again and again. So I, that's really cool to hear that you've had a similar experience with that. So let's talk a little bit or not a little bit, most of the bit about um, Beers Giving and tell us a little bit about the organization, how it got started and you know what, what everything that you do and then how you're seeing it grow right now. 
So Beers Given got started because I was tired of sitting on diversity panels. Um, oh, it man. seemed like no one wanted to work with me. No one wanted to collaborate with me, but they wanted to call me in on, fr- on February. Like, it's February. Let's call Danny. And it's like, no, right. <laughs> it's not even my heritage or background. I don't want to sit on a panel where I'm sitting here crying, talking about all of the ill treatment that I receive. And then everyone just walks away and it's like, what are you doing with that information? And right. so I was like, I'm going to do something where I'm going to help raise the talent that we need in the brewing industry because as an owner it was hard for me to attract talent it's one of the reasons why i left new york the talent is just not there for this industry Uh, it's a manufacturing industry and folks in new york want to do the glitz and glam (laughs) you don't want to do the hard work um so it was like okay i need to build up talent i need to find good talent and i need to draw it out of people in ways that they didn't even know existed and at the same time In doing this work, I saw a way to diversify craft beer rapidly just by putting people in positions they didn't know existed or were necessary in the craft beer industry. And so I designed four steps to go through it, four steps that anyone can do. Um, I would love for you to call me in to help you with it, but the (laughs) steps are easy. It's first become welcoming on purpose because no one has ever welcomed me into a brewery or into a tap room. Uh, There's never been a situation outside of Island to Island where people said, you are welcomed person of XYZ background, person of female gender, never experienced that. So I I did that with Island to Island. I just wrote it down. Like, how do you be welcoming? Uh, The other step is to um, provide mentorship to fill in the gaps. You don't know what you don't know. And so the barrel-aged conversation port of Bears Given is designed to sit people down and let them ask questions one-on-one with experts. Like, I know nothing. Do I need a beer kit to get into the beer industry? Do I need to do a complete career shift? And the answer is no. And these mentorship sessions help you to see the possibilities in your discipline already. The next thing is to do something, to be collaborative, to build an endeavor that gets experience on your resume and gets you known in the industry. And we finish off with retreats designed to address the abuses, traumas, and taboos that women and people of color and LGBTQA are facing uh, and that are left unaddressed, which also leads to women who are in the industry leaving the industry. And right. so that is our four phase plan to actively diversify and deal with the issues keeping people out. Right, I think that's amazing. And thank you for explaining that. And I know um, that's something that, you know, particularly recently, I've seen a lot of people turning to that conversation and saying, well, we say hi to everyone who comes in the tap room, or, you know, we tell our employees to greet everybody, and then starting to understand that, yes, you might do that, but that's not the same thing. That's not the same Mm, thing as making sure people know before they walk in the door that they are welcome. Um, And that's something that I don't think has occurred to a lot of people. It seems like it's occurring to a lot more people now. So I think that that's uh, very cool to be able to have those kinds of conversations and have that, you know, that, that dialogue with people that uh, just around that and what people can do. So um, what, where, I guess, how have you seen this start to grow? Because beers giving is fairly recent. Is that correct? 
recent yes. within the past couple we of years? We got started last year in November, and uh, everyone laughed at me in November. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's not possible, or that's going to take way more than a year to get done. And uh, 2020 has provided hindsight. It's provided clear vision. Mm-hmm. And it's not even work that I've had to do on my own. 2020 really helped to wake up everybody and let them see like what is going on. And so I feel like the air of 2020 for me has truly been a blessing. I know that it is a curse for many, but it's been a blessing because the mirror has been put in front of our faces so that we can see what is going on, where have we dropped the ball, and how can we pick it up, inflate it, and get it rolling for everyone with equity. Right. Right. Awesome. And I know that uh, this is a a slight diversion, but um, I know that Danny also recently has been running for a board seat with the Pink Boots Society. And as an aside, I will say that I think you absolutely killed it on on the campaign. I, you know, I, I, every day I would see something in Pink Boots or something in different women's craft beer groups about you explaining this is exactly why I should, I need to be on the seat. This is this, I have identified this as missing and I can provide this. So that's just a brief aside that every day I'd be like, damn, Danny's doing an awesome job with this. Yeah, that's a great job. That's really good because I want to point out it wasn't long ago where we were before 2020, you know, before Black Lives Matter movement or anything like that. But there was, I remember pretty recently, um, within the past year or two where we were dealing with a lot of just sexism uh, in the industry, in the beer industry. Yes, that was a hot yes. topic for a while. And I remember someone calling out Pink Boots and being like, hey, is there anything that you guys are going to help us do about this? And Pink Boots actually responding and saying, oh, you know, that's kind of not our department. We're more about this. And I remember I even going with that other girl and saying, well, you can change that. Mm -hmm. And they have since then. Like I've seen more programs that are coming out about, um, you know, everything that's going on now, even with fights against that, you know, expanding the board. Um, So it was pretty, you know, for pink boots. And I think there was a point where it was like, we don't want to get political in their defense. And then it's like, you know what? You have to, you cannot represent women and then not represent women. Right. And it's not political. The, the same. Exactly. Yeah. But I feel like that's what beer is political. Oh God. Yeah. Is political. We sit down at the bar <laughs> with a beer and we talk politics. We talk culture. We talk right. healing. So if that's what we talk about while drinking beer, we damn sure got to talk about it while making beer. Yes, exactly. And I think um, that's with, and I guess I'll say briefly for anybody listening, if you're not familiar with Pink Boots Society, it's a, it's a, uh, a professional organization for women in the, I must say brewing industry, but they recently expanded it to the kind of the fermentation industry. So to include distillers uh, and, and things yeah. like that. And I think that one of the things that I saw you do, Danny, and even just looking, you know, watching the, uh, the lives that you did on Instagram or uh, the Zooms and all of that with town halls. And I remember watching one where you were like, this is, this is amazing, but I'm overwhelmed. There is so much work to do. And it seems like so many people, so many women, so many people of color have and I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but um, have 
tell the listeners. Mm. Right. Have, have wanted to say something and now kind of going back to your first part of Beer's Giving, the industry is willing to welcome that and to hear that and to be uncomfortable. And that's, I think, the, like the town halls, you hearing from women in the industry and people in the industry about it, to me, that's, that seems like, wow, you know, all, all we had to do was ask and then listen and people will tell you how it could be different. And a lot of times it is ways that aren't, it's, you know, it, it's very, very small. Uh, uh, some, some things are very, very small things you can do that really matter to people. And I know that um, going back to the, you know, being asked to sit on panels, that's mm. part of why Rachel and I started this podcast. And we had a discussion yeah. and said, where I said, I'm not answering questions anymore. Yeah about what it's like to be a woman in the brewing industry. Yeah. I can talk about yeah. a lot more than that. I have and, a vagina and, and yeah. that is the difference. <laughs> right. Like right. I literally, the last, <laughs> the last, I mean, I, I'll tell people that now, like they're like, oh, hey, I want to interview you. Here's some questions. And if that's on there, I'm like, I'm not going to talk about this. If you want to talk to someone, what it's like to be a woman, go find someone else. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to talk about what it's like to be a brewer or whatever's going on. And I remember the very last time I forgot to tell this guy that, and um, he asked it and I was like, um, it's basically just me, you know, doing the same thing as the guys and getting asked about it. And he's like, oh, kind of like for me, huh? I was like, yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> over it, over it. And I, yeah. you know, not to take away from you being asked the same thing about your diversity, but I, I just, I get it. And it's like, you know what? No, we're not talking about that. You this is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous question. What is it like for your wife to be a woman? Like, seriously, being a woman is, I think Jen, Jen has said this before, is neither rare nor interesting. So let's move on. Yeah. It's very right. common thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I know um, you've also done, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have two little girls. Is that correct? I have a girl and a boy. A girl and a boy. Okay. And I, I, I know I've seen pictures of them often of, you know, being in the brewery and learning about brewing, which I think is really cool. And that's something that Rachel had mentioned in our previous interview is, you know, when you're, you're brewing, you're, you're making sugar water. So it's not, it's not, you know, having, teaching kids about the process of brewing isn't teaching them about you know, alcohol or, or imbibing or anything. Yeah, or like inviting right. them into this awful side of it that could be if, you know, you just drink every right. day, which is not what this is about. Like, right. right. So I, and I feel like it's important science. for them to be there to teach them that, hey, this is a product that we make and it's not meant to be abused. And yes. this is how you engage with it. So like Ivy has been sitting in on my Cicerone classes. She's like, I just want to sit and learn what yeah. is horse blanket. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Right. And that's exactly uh, what Rachel had said too, is it's, you know, it's also important to teach children how to interact responsibly with that and, and to be around that. So I know that you uh, particularly have a focus on STEM. Um, so I'd like to kind of shift the focus a little bit more to that and um, specifically what you're doing with STEM in the, in the brewing industry. So my kids are homeschooled um, and it's been like that for the past seven years. And 
um, the brewery is their classroom. We do science there. We do technology there. And we interact with different technology platforms, whether it's the controller, computers, or programs. They're interacting with technology, microscopes, uh, engineering. How do we put this system together? How do we put these hoses together? Sit and think about what you want to do, design it, and then tackle it head on. And we do math in the brewery, you know, just putting grain from one bucket into another bucket to, to mill it. That's math because mm-hmm. you have to get your measurements right. 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 When we're taking readings, that's math. Again, you need to know how to, how to, you know, read numbers, what's more, what's less. Um, how do we change things to get it to where we want to be? You know, how much is the difference between where we are and where we need to be? So all of it is how we apply science, technology, engineering, and mathematics into their education. Um, But talking about it on a broader scheme, I think focusing on STEM is important in the craft beer industry because we're not running bars and we're not hanging out with our friends. We are in the manufacturing business. This Mm -hmm. is an industrial manufacturing industry. And it's more than making sweet liquid and pouring it out off of a tap. We don't have a lot of people in positions that are going to be able to support the 10,000 and growing uh, businesses that are being created every day in craft beer. We need scientists. We need QAQC people who are going to work in the lab and help build up yeast and propagate yeast and see to yeast health. So that is not someone who needs to know how to brew. You might need to understand the process, but you need to have a background in biology, in chemistry. You need to be interested in those things. We need people who can fix brewery equipment. You don't need to make a drop of liquid. You need to be able to be technical and interact with the technology, both on the computer science side, because a lot of brew systems are automated, and both on the manual side. We need engineers to put together better equipment for us. Like shout out to Spike, you know, I don't know if they listen, but they're engineering amazing products for people where I had to build my system myself. I was the, my, myself and my husband, we were the engineer for our brew system. And now there are other people coming in, not making beer, but engineering systems that are modern and are going to be more helpful and more efficient to us. And, you know, you need to be interested in math. And I will say not even just STEAM, but uh, not even STEM, but STEAM also. The A for arts. Communication is art. Marketing is art. We need people in those industries because how else do we get this product that we have from point A to point B? And you can put your discipline in any STEM or STEAM area into anywhere along the supply chain of craft beer, from agriculture, which we have very little women in, all the way down to hospitality. Like it's when you're serving in the tap room, your beer lines need to be clean. And how do you test that? Science. So it's, it's already there. We're just missing people to plug into place who have those disciplines. And so my focus is to play up where are their STEM areas? What are the disciplines necessary? And how can we move people in those areas who are unhappy in their corporate situation mm-hmm. into the craft beer industry. Right. And that's definitely me. I w- was very unhappy in the corporate world and started looking to the beer industry. Um, and there, are, it's funny how many people you meet who are like that, that, mm-hmm. you know, where, and they. Oh yeah. Think, Cause that looks fun. Yeah. I was going to say, I think a lot of times people think that it no. looks like fun. And, and Jen yeah. said it too. She's like, I don't want to work in the brewery. I do not want to be back there. I don't want to clean the tanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to 
I want to do the education. And like, that's great because you need people who can focus on the education. Like I wish I could afford a person to focus on, you know, that'd be awesome. But the bigger breweries and the mid-sized breweries, I mean, there's going to be so many jobs. I mean, there already are so many jobs available. They'll They'll continue to grow. There's definitely room to get into the industry. You don't have to have a computer science degree to do it or any sort of degree to do it. You just need the interest, the deep rooted interest. Yes. Exactly. Because we're all learning as we go, you know, and my degree, I mean, beer doesn't pay for my degree and I don't get to use it much. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> like what I learned in business school means nothing right. in 2020. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Seriously. Where was our lesson about the pandemic? <laughs> okay. So when the pandemic hits, that would have been nice. To <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Throw everything out the window. God, really? You like, you think you plan for everything and then... God, asteroid hits your freaking city and then you don't, yeah, it's ridiculous. (laughs) And I think that's a really good point that you make, Danny, about the, there are so many areas that you have, so many people have applicable skills for it. And it's also kind of an art in learning how to, you know, look at what your skill set is and how that translates into what you can do in the brewing industry and you know i i know i've mentioned on here before when i knew i wanted to go into the beer industry somehow i just started making skills-based resumes for jobs as opposed to kind of the traditional chronological because i had project management experience but if you look at me working for you know a, a consultant corporation it doesn't really seem like that translates well but when it's a skills-based, you know, I can say, yeah, I haven't done it in this exact situation, but I have done this all of these other times. And I think that's a big challenge as well is letting people know that it's this, the skill sets aren't dramatically different. If you're a social media uh, marketer for, um, I don't know, a, a law firm, that's really not that much different from doing social media. Like the algorithms you still need to know. You still learn how to interact with your audience yeah. and you know, analyze the engagement and things like that. So how do you see that for, for women, for women of color? Um, how, how do you see us doing that kind of outreach? Uh, so the town halls actually presented an opportunity for that, and um, it turned into a, a, bar- a beers given barrel age conversation, uh, where we were speaking to a lady that came into the town hall. She's not in pink boots, but she saw the post and she was like, "I have questions." You opened it up to non-members. I'm going to take this opportunity. Right. And she started by telling us that you know she's confused on how to get into it. She's really unhappy in her current career. Uh, it's in the medical field. And she brought a home brew kit and she's like, well, I don't even know what I need to know. Like, do I need to go to school for this? You know, but then like, I have real bills to pay. I can't make that transition. I'm a middle-aged woman. And I stopped her and I said, what do you do now? And she said, she's in compliance. And I'm like, right there, you don't need to change a damn thing in your life, except walk into the back of the house of a brewery and ask them, what are your compliance practices? 
and go from one broody to the next, asking them so that you can build up your knowledge and information. And then you put together a packet and you start a damn business. Right. And you, <laughs> you serve every brewery in Tennessee as their compliance expert because you already are a compliance expert. You know, I tell people all the time as a brewery owner, I don't work for my customers. I work for the government because if I don't do what they want me to do, first and foremost, Men <laughs> with guns will come in and shut me down. Right. And I don't need men with guns coming into my children's schoolhouse. <laughs> like, I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. So there's an opportunity right there by just making a pathway possible where there's no information. There's a complete void on how, what you can do and how you can move into it. And part of this has to do with cultural taboos. You know, when you speak to a lot of people of color about working in an industry such as beer, the first thing is, oh my, you want to damage our community? And it's like, no, we don't. This is not about damaging the community. It's about building it up. It's about understanding what goes into it, understanding that you have skills within it, understanding that you have a history and heritage of it, and then bringing that to light and presenting more opportunities for women and people of color other than be a doctor, be a lawyer, get a good government job. Cause that, yeah, right. that was what was presented to me. Dr. Lawyer, teacher as your backup plan, <laughs> government, which I mean, I do work for the government, but <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I, the You're right. If you don't do yeah. what they want, what you need to do, they will let you know. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that the, the, the opportunities that I see for women um, is, is to first sit down and talk. Uh, that's what we do when we have a beer, right? So let's grab a beer. Let's have a barrel-aged conversation. Let's talk about your unique perspective. Like, where are you now and where do you want to be? And if you love what you do, what your discipline is, I guarantee you there's a place for you in craft beer. Right now I'm speaking to a lady. She's a scientist. She does all the lab work for a brewery here in DFW. And uh, she wants to work on a farm, she wants to work in agriculture. And she's like, how can I do that? Well, um, I need your science knowledge to figure out how to run a greenhouse, growing things like avocado in Texas, right. growing hydroponics, soil health, soil chemistry. All of that comes down to her particular skill sets so that I can grow harvest to put into my beer that I couldn't get without her skill sets. Right, right. And I, I know I've heard other conversations from people about things like, um, in particular, I do a lot of beer judging and I've encouraged people to show up and, you know, hey, we're having this competition. We need judges. Will you please come and just, I can tell you everything you need to know what it's going to be like when you walk in the door, but I want you at that table judging. And having people say, well, I'm not, I'm not an expert in, in any particular beer style. I'm like, nobody is. That's, that's the point. And, you know, it's, you just show up and that's how you learn. And people had said, I, I didn't know that this was something that I, that was open to me that I could do. And it's that, that same thing of, yeah, it, it is. And, you know, I didn't know that myself when I first started doing it. And I don't still always have great judging experiences, but, you know, I, I still just went in and went for it and, just knowing that those opportunities are there, I think is just important to let people know that you, you can't ask for these things. You can participate in this. And, you know, if you feel like you don't, let somebody tell you that 
you you can't but ask for it go you know go in and sit at the table uh, so i think that those are really important points that you make because those the skill sets are easily translatable but yeah if if you don't know that much about the brewing industry and historically people in the brewing industry don't look like you don't have your kinds of experiences then you don't necessarily feel comfortable just walking in and asking questions um, so if people want to get involved with beers giving i know you talked a little bit about your barrel age conversations what sorts of i guess for uh for Beers giving, what sorts of skill sets are you looking for from, let's say, people who are listening right now? Dedication and tenacity. Um, I, I really don't know where I could place anyone. A lot of people have been asking <laughs> me, like, how do I join? Is there a membership? And I'm like, uh, it's just me and my intern. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But more, and more people are becoming interested. And so I will have to craft something. But I think if anyone wants to join on Beers Given, what is needed right now is tenacity and willingness to do the work. Um, I have been blasted on social media for not doing enough, but honestly, the work that Beers Given does is behind the scenes. It's not for social media. Right. The conversations I'm having are not for the public sphere. When women are dealing with the different ways that they've been kicked out of the industry or abused in the industry, that's not, for, that's not a public conversation. Right. So it's really people willing to follow the steps. Like when you said that you invited people to judge beer with you, like that is step one, be welcoming. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a, a tap room and not even get the hello, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, am I, am I welcome? And I come right. from New York where the bar scene in New York is, this is for gay men. This is for Polish people. This is for Irish people. This is the Jewish bar. And so you don't, you know, I was the only weird person who was going and mixing in bar scenes that were not my culture or heritage. Right. And so I think because that's the heritage we come from, that we need to be overtly welcoming. Like stop having gay bars. Stop having straight bars. This is a brewery for all people. Right. Period. And if we <laughs> have night so dedicated sweet. to that. Yeah. Cause that's what I did. Like I had nights dedicated to different communities where eventually because of that one night, they became regulars. Yeah. So uh, if anyone wants to be down with beers given, you know, donations help. They go a long way. A lot of people have asked, you know, what does it go toward? It goes toward keeping a person of color uh, employed in the beer industry. Whenever someone buys a t-shirt or makes a donation, it is immediately keeping that is ticking up that number on the percentage mm. of how many people are employed in the beer industry. And it also allows us to, to go out into the world and to talk to people to, you know, like right now I'm about to have uh, an event on November 7th, learn to homebrew day. And I need a porta potty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have money for a porta potty. Um, as you guys might know, the Vine Pier article came out. Uh, the diversity grant winners did not receive their grants from the BA. So, you know, I don't have money for it, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to do it. I'm still going to push forward. And hopefully, right. if you want to support, you can either donate a porta potty or donate money to go toward <laughs> paying for a porta potty. Right. <laughs> what it's going to do, if I have a porta potty, what that means is I can have people in a space asking questions. I can have people experiencing how to make kombucha, how to make cider, how to make beer, and then sitting down with industry professionals and asking questions, mm -hmm. strange questions, easy questions, silly questions, but just talking. Like how many people have never spoke to a beer professional? 
you know, right. they just become influencers and it's like, there's other paths and you don't have to give up your income to do so. Right. And I think that's a, a very important point um, that a lot of times with, with events, with things like this, it is, it does come down to, we need to have a porta potty on site. And we thought, you know, we were going to have funding and now we don't have funding. So what does that mean? And a lot of times I think people think, you know, I can't, I can't donate $500 or I can't, I, I can't, so I can't do this, this big gesture. So I, I won't do anything at all. And there's a lot of power in, you know, a $20 donation and that, that sort of yes. thing. So if, if people are interested in donating, where can they go? Beersgiven.info. There's a button on the page that says love. Just click it and <laughs> put in the dollar amount that you're, you're comfortable with, that you're capable with. Excellent. And that's, um, again, I think another point you made, and I know Rachel probably wants to say something about this because I saw her visibly react to it, but uh, now the, I don't remember the uh, <laughs> having, like you said, it's a brewery full of people, but you can have nights for oh. these groups to, to know like this is, you can come and this is a safe place, a welcoming place for you. And I think that that's such a good idea of, you know, just tapping into those markets and, and being out in the communities where you like meeting where you want your or okay i will get this out correctly going out into those communities of people you want to be your customers you know but it's craft beer is about curating relationships so go go out to a mexican heritage parade and have a booth there yeah. uh, you know about about beer brewing or th things like that and get to know that community before you know, saying, well, you should just come to my brewery because I want you to be here. Mm -hmm. there's, there's not really that much incentive for people to, uh, to do that. But um, yeah, so Rachel, I didn't know if you had anything else to oh, say about like the certain about well, she was particular just, groups. She was just mentioning, you know, don't, you know, gay bars, straight bars. And I was like, you're right. There are no gay breweries, straight breweries, you know, like, we're like <laughs> I'm a gay guy. I'm going to go to the gay brewery. Like, that's, <laughs> not, that's not a thing. And it's funny because I never think about it, but it's also like breweries aren't your typical bar life either, you know, like right, it's more family right. oriented. Right. It's know, a third place. It's not normally a place you go and just take shot after shot after shot of Jameson and then right. throw up in the back alley. It's not. <laughs> not that Rachel's ever done that. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've grown out of that stage in my life. <laughs> yeah. There was a time. My body can't do that anymore. <laughs> All right, so Danny, I think we're we're probably getting close to time, but um, before we go, uh, you did say beersgiving.info is where people can learn more about beersgiving. Um, if I, you know, I don't know uh, social media wise, if you want to throw out where people can find you and interact with you, beersgiving, excellent, yeah. and then beersgiving everywhere except Twitter is beersgiving.info. Okay, um, but everything else, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the website. Awesome. Very cool. And do you have, um, do you have any closing thoughts for us or closing thoughts for our listeners? Uh, thank you for being welcoming. Thank you for doing false bottom girls. I think it's an amazing podcast that um, is an extremely important podcast because you guys are not having bromances or girl talk. You guys are talking mm. about science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And I can't tell you how many times uh, I have had to put my hands up in the car and just say, hallelujah, I'm not the only one dealing with these problems. Thank you for talking about it. Because if right. I go to dude, they're going to be like, 
what are you here for? <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> and you know, guys, sometimes y'all get a little bit threatened when we talk about, you know, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not hated in this relationship, but in this industry in Charlotte beer industry, but I am definitely uh, known for speaking up. Yes. But, but I've been tone police more than once. Yeah. You and, you and I are of similar experiences. Yeah. I can tell you that. I was like, sorry, I don't have a dick and a beard. <laughs> but I still have an opinion, okay? Yeah. You're yeah right now I'm at the it. point where I'm holding myself back from saying to people, do you know who I am? Like, right. I own a brewery. I know my way around a brewery. You don't uh, have to go. Yeah, you should just <laughs> say it. Right, I, yeah. I just, I don't have a filter. Like, my filter, it's, it's a little bit on only because I'm a brewery owner. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I had, I had a somewhat frustrating uh, conversation with some draft systems people mm. uh, to say, I, well, I don't know how much you know about draft systems. I'm like, I know a lot. You can just, you can just trust me if I have a yeah. question for you, I will ask it, but um, I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. On International Women's Day this year, uh, had an interesting conversation with a distributor who um, wanted to clean the lines for me. And I'm like, no, this is a Pink Boots event. We will clean all the lines and we will set up all the beer lines and you can sit back and watch pretty women bounce around. <laughs> like, because he was like, oh, this is too hard for you. And I'm like, excuse me, oh do, you, do you not know where you are? This is a Pink Boots event. Yeah. And <laughs> right. even if the other women here don't know, this is a teaching opportunity. And I'm gonna use this moment to teach my ladies how to set up beer taps for a festival. Yes. Because I really believe that if Pink Boots is in the building, all men need to do is take two seats and have a beer. Yes, yeah. That's, yeah, that's you're welcome. Yeah. Men. <laughs> yeah, that, that is absolutely amazing. I know that um, that is for me, I'm not mechanically minded. And I have, you know, if I'm, if I'm reading about, say, draft systems or setting something up, I don't immediately know sometimes what those, what the actual parts are called or what the tools are called. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I can just go to my husband and say, okay, so when this says like a double-ended tailpiece, what is that? And he can say, oh, it's this. And it's like, oh, okay, I understand that now. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think I'm alone when it comes to women just not being as familiar with things like that. And then you don't want to ask because it's you you're just you're used to it at this point and you just don't really need somebody else talking down to you about something and so i think that's fantastic to do things like take that opportunity to teach the women who are there this is how you set this up mm -hmm. so that's that i'm, I'm very happy that you shared that story because that definitely spurred that um with me personally uh that that is something that i would truly appreciate and just knowing that i had a place that if i needed to you know fumble around with a tri-clamp uh, which rachel has seen me do numerous times or you know try to figure out which size wrench i need or whatever to just have somebody who will stand there and let me do it and say great job you you picked out the right wrench on the fifth try that's awesome you know <laughs> i normally tell the and guy next to me how to do it <laughs> but yeah see touching the tools like that's what we did in the first family afternoons out which is our welcoming event like we laid out the tools on the table we had our science technology engineer mathematics stations and it was set up in a way that we were doing the experiments with children but my um underhanded scheme was that it would interest the parents and, yeah. and it did it, it was like you know here your kids doing something 
you want to be with your kids and watch them, but you don't know what this stuff is. And now your kid knows what it is. So they're going to tell you like, mom, did you know how to put together a triclamp? Mom, did you know how to do this? Did you know how to dye yeast? And all of a sudden now the parents are being challenged by their children mm -hmm. to learn about the various STEM aspects of the thing in their hand. Right. Right. That's awesome. Well, Danny, thank you again so much for joining us today. Yes. Uh, this was a lot of fun and we're very happy that we were able to make the scheduling and everything work. And um, yeah, thank, thank you for all of the information for um, the, your, your kind words about us. That's not why we had you on, but we definitely, <laughs> definitely appreciate it. And yeah, so we'll just say thank you again to Danny Oliver of Island to Island Brewery and Beers Giving. And uh, one last plug for us. If you have a few minutes, please like, subscribe, and review us on your podcast platform of choice. It helps other people find out about us uh, kind of naturally or within the algorithm. And thank you everyone always for the, the kind words for this community that I feel like we're starting to build uh, with our listeners and with each other and people within the industry. So if you'd like to reach out to us, you can at falsebottomgirls at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at falsebottomgirls. So with that, Danny, we will bid you adieu and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks thank for you. having me, yeah. ladies. I'm, so I really do appreciate it. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye-bye. This has been False Bottom Girls. And we make the Bruin world go round. <laughs>